0: unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. You guys know the deal. da na na da da-na-na, da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Doesn't that music just get you fired up? What's up, boys and girls, children of most ages. Hi, I am Christopher Roush. I'm your No Excuses Coach, back here with another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours, Julie Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. But on this particular show, Raw and Unscripted, what we do is we come here and we have raw and unscripted conversations with you, either just solo shows by myself, like we did have, I believe last week and the week before I did a solo show, or we have fantastic guests coming on here and having a raw and unscripted conversation designed for us all myself included, for us to walk away from a conversation with a different perspective, just a little bit of a different perspective on what it is that we think and we believe. Therefore, we shift that perspective and what we believe and we think we're going to change the actions. And of course, we're going to change the results. And that's what my intention is for this show. Every single time I come to you guys, however I might say it, is the fact that I come to you because I learn from these experiences. I learn from the things that I say. I hold myself accountable when I give you guys advice. I'm like, Chris, you got to make sure you're doing that because I'm a congruent dude. That's what it, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're always going to get. It's one of the big, compliments I get recently, probably in the last two years, since I left corporate, is like, dude, you just seem to be you. It's just, you seem comfortable. You're this, you're that, you know, you just seem happy. And I'm like, yeah, cause I am just being me. It's been, it's been quite a journey for the 52 years. I've been blessed to be breathing on this earth to have the journey and have the experiences that I've had uh, to be able to go through them, to grow through them, to be able to look at And reflect upon the fact that every situation that has happened in my life has happened for me. And it's allowed me to become the strong dude that I am right now. And it's allowed me to become a a, a successful coach, a successful speaker, author, podcast host, whatever it is that you want to put in front of it, husband, father, you know, it's, it's all of those situations have created the person you see here today. And what we're going to be doing on the show tonight, especially is we're going to be talking about some of the emotional situations that we've gone through in our past and the trauma that we tend to hold on to into adulthood that perhaps we can look forward to releasing maybe even just tonight through the experiences of of what my guest is going to be sharing tonight. And I'm, I'm intrigued for this conversation because it's all about, you know, how can we how can we shift our perspective? That's what really this conversation is going to be about. So I want you guys to to, to take notes on what speaks to you. Chime in on the on the, on the the comments. If something speaks to you, write it in there because later on somebody else might miss that and they'll go back and they'll see that and they'll say, wow, that's really cool. Plus it knows for myself and my guest, it n- lets us know what is speaking to you the most. So perhaps we can have more conversations on that. So uh, we appreciate and love you guys. So questions are always welcome. We can stop and, and, and interg- engage with the questions. This is for you. This is a conversation we're having at a bar or a coffee shop, wherever me and my, my guest, are talking and you guys are listening and you're kind of, wait, 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 can I, can I, can I ask you size question about that? You know, we all do it. You know, I hope you guys do it because you should always be asking questions. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. What's up, Nicole, Tiffany Cruz. She says, so excited to hear this conversation. I'm excited to hear it too. Nicole, Tiffany Cruz. How are you? I hope you're having an awesome evening. What would be your question? for the doctor tonight uh i would love to have your question as well we got ray in the house what's up ray he says good evening misfits for life yes you guys are all my misfits of life you guys are all my misfits for life and as my misfits for life i would love to ask you all a big favor a big favor i just put something in the chat it's right there if you guys dig this show this is the raw and the scripted show this originally started off as a podcast and uh i went through some situations and uh wasn't updating the podcast as much as i was doing the video cast here but now i'm happy to say that all of the shows are on podcast so if you go to that you can uh, click the player and you can find your the five your pot the podcast anywhere you want it like spotify itunes whatever iheartradio my podcast is now on iheartradio so we're everywhere your podcast is i would love for you to go subscribe to it download it listen to it there's a lot of shows that you maybe have missed uh there's some great great shows in there i wish i would have kept better track of which ones that especially that i did that i was on fire that i really dug so uh there's a lot of great episodes in there i would love for you to share this i want to grow the podcast it's not been a focus of mine at all for the last couple of years i've been doing the show i've been enjoying doing this video cast and doing it live uh, but really getting the podcast out there is my next goal so that more people I can reach more people um, who are listening to it on their devices and whatnot. So I would appreciate your help with that. So please, please, please um, share that out and go over there and check it out. I would appreciate that. So let's get into this. Let's get into this. My my guest tonight, um, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe we met on one of my favorite apps, as you guys know, Clubhouse. I met a lot of great people on Clubhouse. And if I if I remember correctly, and I'll ask him this when he comes on because he he knows he's on the raw on a scripted show, Um, I think if I remember right, uh, it was Nicole, it was I think it was Nicole, Tiffany Cruz. Um, She said something about you should get to know Christopher Roush, and I think his first impression of me was not so positive as it is now. So I'd love for him to talk about that. But he's an amazing dude. We've had conversations since, um, in depth conversations. So I'm excited to have Mr. John Dunia, A.K.A. the Shame Doctor, on the raw on a scripted show. John, good evening, sir. How are you tonight? Christopher, I'm doing
1: great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Oh and, no, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I guess I'm, as, if I'm remembering right, uh Nicole is actually laughing about that. So um yeah, so is that how we met? Because I've been I've met honestly, I've met so many people recently right. that I'm trying to was oh, it LinkedIn, was it you know Instagram? Was it Clubhouse? But I think it was on Clubhouse, right?
1: Clubhouse, and it was you were you were hosting with Nicole and she had asked me to come on the Nicole is a is a big friend of mine. I I I adore her. Yeah, she asked me to came on. And and you're right. Your your raw and unscripted uh, method kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And, um, and I wasn't really sure. I'm like, who is this guy? But the more you kept talking, I'm like, wow, this guy's really good. This guy. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter to me how you do it. You know, how, how how you cook in the kitchen. If you use a spatula doesn't matter. It's all about the message you know, and, and like you say, you're not for everybody. <clears throat> that's okay. But when you, you know, when you listen to your message and one of the things that I don't know if your listeners know this, you are really emotional. And, and, and I, I want to say soft to, to some degree when it, when it comes to things emotionally and it comes oh, to yeah. being vulnerable. Um, so, and, and it's not like you don't have this tough facade to hide anything. That's like you say, that's just who you are. Um, and The more I heard you, the more like, man, this guy's really good. And then we connected, and you asked me to be on your show, and I was thrilled. So, yeah, that's that you got the story right.
0: I love it. I love it, man. I appreciate you so much. I really do, because that's something I've been about. Most of my life, I used to have long hair. I've always looked tough. I always, I've been bigger. I've always just looked intimidating. Before I had my teeth done, I didn't have. I got braces when I was 32. So up until 32, I really didn't smile, and I had a lot of facial. I just looked like I was a mean person. I just didn't smile, but I was a sweetheart. You know, just people didn't ever get to know me, and I always felt that like I was misunderstood. And so I was very passionate back in the day, even when I was younger. Like, don't judge a book by its cover. You never. And but I've made it my mission in life, wherever I've been, no matter what I've been doing, that I could be that homeless seventh grade dropout who can also say that he rides a Harley Davidson. And he's a rocker and he has a master's degree and he's just, you know, who he is because I invite everybody to to embrace that. I mean, we should all be who we are. It's taken me 52 years to get to this point right now. Um, uh, but it's one of the major reasons why I have coaching clients because they're coming to me and they're like, Chris, I'm like you were, I was comfortably miserable. I just, I'm one decision away from making it, but I'm scared shitless for making that pivot in my life. Can you help me? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation because, um, I do have a couple of questions for you on this, but my first question is, this okay so you're known as the shame doctor why in the world would you pick shame to be the doctor of well because number one it
1: was the biggest issue in my own life and i and i never never saw it until my uh until my 22 year marriage began to fall apart i was doing everything i'm like there's something wrong i gotta you know and i and i had gone to a therapist actually my ex and i did and the first one, and it was total waste. And right toward the end, I, I found this, I found the second one. And, and I was like, look, I'm going to do any, you tell me what books I need to read, what steps I need to follow, what this and that, because I need to fix myself. Well, little did I know that was my problem. You know, tell me what I need to do. And that whole idea of tell me what I need to do is really based on shame. I, I grew up in, in, in a, a religious organization that really used it as, as a tool, you know. Can you say which it, one? Um, I prefer not really not to at this point because it it doesn't it's, that doesn't that's not really part of the story. <clears throat> cool. I mean it's it it doesn't it doesn't really make any difference. But the the whole thing was, you know, I I was I was I was learned to think to think poorly of myself. No one's good. Only only God is good. Well, I took that as well. You know what? If that's true, maybe the worse I feel about myself, the more I'm going to please God. And you can imagine that's a great environment for shame to thrive oh yeah so i was always never never enough and i that was just what i expected what i understood if anything happened to me positive it was because i i it you know it was luck or whatever you know god's grace whatever whatever you want to call it and so um it i didn't realize it, it was my my way of thinking was tell me what i need to do right tell me what i need to do to to go to heaven or to be a good person—all these kinds of things. So, when I left that organization at the age of thirty, you know, I—I I had I was coaching actually my, my the the lady I was going to marry. I was coaching her kids, and, and I met her. Well, when we got married, it's like, tell me what I need to do to be a to be a good husband, to be a good father. I didn't realize that this way of thinking. I thought when I left the organization, I left left all that thinking behind, but I didn't. It followed <laughs> no. me. And and you know and everything was basically all the, all the negative things that I was told that I was, I believed them. And that's really my definition of shame. Shame is the culmination of all the negative things that we've learned to believe about who we were and are. And when we accept those, they become facts. And you know, facts don't change. The sun rises in the east. The only way it doesn't rise is if we call that a different direction. You know, and we, we learn these negative things about ourselves and we think they're true, they can't change. Mm. And this whole idea of shame, it took me seven months with my therapist, and one day, it actually is, is the day I refer to as my as my um my personal independence day. He was saying something to me, said, John. It didn't matter, it didn't have to be your ex, it could have been anybody. You were gonna be this this kind of person, and it dawned on me, it just struck me like a not like a bolt of lightning, but the awareness just came as like oh it wasn't what people said to me. it was that I believed that I accepted what they said and mm-hmm. that's where the whole idea came. Now it didn't it didn't just all of a sudden turn on a dime and everything stopped becoming shame no the the, the battle was coming in fact I remember in that session I was sitting there going, sitting there thinking, oh man, how could I be so stupid to be 53 and not even realize this And I'm like, look at. There's shame already trying to tr- – I had this revelation, and there's shame already trying to get me back, push me back down. And th- through it all, it, it was the, the whole thing. I mean, I walked out of that meeting going, okay, is is what I'm doing based on shame? Seriously, I was in my car, I'm making the right term. Is that because of shame?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, wow, I've, you went deep, man. You went down I the did. rabbit hole.
1: I, I, I just got super hyper aware. I mean, literally on the way home, I remember thinking – it was late, probably about seven or eight o'clock. I hadn't had dinner yet. Am I going to stop and buy something or should I go home and eat? You know, and again, is that shame? Should I spend that money on me or should I go home and eat? I mean, everything. I just, I I ran it through this ringer and I became so aware and I would tell people about about these situations and even telling them it made it become more aware. And I just got, I just got actually, I got too zealous because I realized that was my issue. And then I thought, well, everybody must have the same issue. And that was, that was, that was, a, I guess a rookie mistake that maybe we all go through. I don't know if we should say we all, but I started to figure that was that way. So let me help you. Let me help you. But it, instead it became more of a,
0: you know, uh, like get away from me, you know, kind of thing. But, right. But- well, let's pump let's the, the brakes right there. Cause I, you, you've, you've given me a lot of stuff that I can go off okay. with. Um, um, so and, and thank you for sharing that, because I mean, I knew a little bit of your backstory, uh, but I wanted it to be fresh here when we were doing the interview so I can actually sure. think of the questions I wanted to ask spontaneously. Uh, so in thinking about that. I'm fascinated and we kind of talked about it off camera before we came on here. I'm fascinated with the conditioning process that we go through from the age of zero to five. I'm fascinated with that the fact that the part of our brain that, that has the emotional intelligence isn't even formed until after we're out of the room, be, womb because our our brain couldn't develop that big, so we wouldn't be able to fit through the, to the birth canal. So a lot of this stuff is happening after we're here in the world. Um, what are your thoughts on that and, and how those beliefs are formed in those first five years based on our interactions with our caretakers? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, I remember. I want to. I want to preface it with this. I remember going to the second therapist, going, "Look, don't make me lie down on the couch and ask me about my childhood because I got a. I got a problem now, right? And uh-huh. and the whole thing That's was. What the based, is, baby. It was based on my childhood. No, you. You're absolutely right. I. I contend that we actually <clears throat> experience shame before we can learn to speak. And and I'll give you a, a little example. You know, you have a. You have a, a mother who might be. You know, a single mother who might be frustrated and she's got three kids, she's getting them all ready to go in a car and she's changing the diapers and getting everybody in the car, and all of a sudden, what do I smell? I just changed your diapers. What's wrong with you? And and the baby, maybe two years old or you know, or younger, senses that something they did something wrong and all I did was eliminate, you know, that I can't help that. And and so we do something that our body naturally does, and now we're made to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And and that that and the parent had no idea that they're putting shame on the child right but these these things happen and uh, and we sense we sense these things about I, I did something wrong and then we get older you know and, and again what we're born we do we do four things we breathe we eat we eliminate and we cry right and everything else we're depending on somebody else we have to form a relationship we have to form a bond without that we'll die so this bond that we create with our parent or whoever caregiver it is, we learn to trust them. So anything they say, we're just gonna s- swallow hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. And, and when you know, when our parent, unwittingly or not, says, that was horrible, you're terrible, or whatever, you're clumsy, then we we take those things and well, they must be right because I've trusted them with everything else. You know, mm-hmm. that may not be the complete thought process, but that that's what happens. So it just and it just magnifies the older we get, you know, with with teachers or, you know, whoever, whatever adults who have charge over us. You know, that. if we're not taught young, good, fresh ideas about how we can do things and and we don't need to be held back, these things can really they can really be damaging
0: and add up to the shame in our lives. Oh, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't get that rewind it and go listen to that again, because I was perfectly stated in the fact of where it does begin, because you bring up a brilliant point. I think about, I think about it in another way, a different kind of story, but you're absolutely right. It does happen even before we have the ability to speak with that. You know, they can sense, we can sense emotion. We may not have the memory of it necessarily, but that initial impact on our emotional intelligence uh, and our emotional base definitely can have an impact in that. And I would tell people this story. I'd be like, okay, and think about this. And this is something that I personally experienced now with my son in watching how my reactions or my actions impact his thought processes and what he thinks about and what he's most concerned about. But I would tell people this, and I saw this one time I was at a party and I watched these two women were talking and this baby was off playing in the, in the corner. And I noticed that baby was playing for a while and just doing awesome. And also uh, the baby spilled something or whatever it was. And also the negative energy, the negative conditioning, the negative reinforcement of the intention at that point it was like, you know, the kids in there thinking, okay, I'm doing this all great and I'm not doing anything wrong. And then all of a sudden I do one little thing and now I'm like, you know, Johnny can be all good and not getting any attention, but now Johnny does something bad and now he gets attention. It's a reverse condition. Like, okay, now what do I have to not do so I don't get that reaction again? So we spend our entire lives going, okay, I don't want the, the teacher's been mad at me once. Okay. See that, see, that reminds me of my mom. So, okay. As long as I don't make the teacher mad, then I'll, oh, well, then if I have to make you happy and then, then who am I? Yeah. So talk to us about that. Talk to us about that, John, because I, what you said before is critical in this, this question as well, but talk to us about identity, the identities that we create based on those belief systems and how we can break out of those identities. Well, for me, you you hit the nail on the head because when you
1: have this whole idea of tell me what I need to do that I had probably starting around 11 years old, okay, you, you don't realize who because you, you're expecting other people to tell you how you are. I actually was at a point where if I could predict what my spiritual leaders or coaches, whatever you want to call them, would tell me to do, then I felt like I was becoming closer to that ideal, closer to God, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm predicting the behavior that I should be doing. So you you, you talk about somebody who who really doesn't know. I mean it, it 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 doesn't matter what what do you like to eat, John? I don't care. Food it doesn't matter to me. So the the whole idea of shame. You're right. It really it it keeps our identity away from us. And you know just. Just listening to ourselves and sitting, especially if somebody like me, who for into his teens, into his early twenties, never really had an identity. I mean, a, a true one. I, right. I, I was a coach. I was doing. I was a bus driver. I was. I played the trumpet. I, I, I taught certain things, right? But they were. It was all duty. It wasn't who I was. I mean, mm-hmm. cer- certain things. What you things did, were but awesome.
0: not what you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and and that that shame only adds to it because see. You're not good. See this? See you deserve that. And and it just it just compounded it. So when we can heal from these times, and the earlier the better. Believe me, it's not too late. I was fifty three before this, you know. So I don't think I don't think there's ever a too late. Mm-mm. You know, I I see I see kids in their twenties who are getting an idea of of certain things, and I'm like, man, that's great. And I I, I really. Promote it, and I and I compliment them for it because you know mostly from baby boomers they're getting the crap that they're just lazy, no good, living their parents' basement type people. So I always go out of my way to, to uh, sorry, I'm getting off a little off topic there, but no, like I say, in terms of your identity, shame is is an identity killer for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. How do we? How do we? Um, and thinking about this, how do we take childhood shame and childhood trauma in your, like in your situation, what are like a couple of key steps that each one of us could take like three steps that we each can take to say, okay, listen, I recognize that there was a traumatic experience when I was six years old. I recognize that I've I've carried that trauma around with me and then it's working against me um, in a form of self-sabotage. What can we do individually to reframe our perspective about that? Because I have the belief that it happened. It happened for us and that it's our opportunity to to process the emotion, process the value and the lesson of what that taught us. What are your thoughts and what we could do to walk people through um, releasing some of that childhood uh, shame and that guilt? I'm going to have to preface
1: it with this because again, a lot of, a lot of what I do shame doctor has to do with healing. Okay. And, and it's an emotional healing. And I use a lot of time. I, I, I use to compare emotional healing with physical healing because it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it, there are so many good uh, ideas in, in the physical healing that work in the emotional healing. So when you're looking at these issues that happened in our past, was it, a minor cut, was it a broken bone? You know, did it need stitches? Was it? Does it need heart surgery? Is it an amputation? So there's different levels of our tra- of our tr- traumatic experiences. So the obviously the ones that aren't that bad, there's little skin cut. There's there's simple things we can
0: do. The deeper before ones, you tell, before you tell me, sure. how do how do we how do we identify what is a smoke versus a gash? Because I would imagine each one of us has a different perspective based on the situations we're in.
1: I think that that's really going to be a personal choice. You know, I I think you look at the damage that you can. I mean, if something happens when you're six years old and you can still remember it, and it's still you still wake up in a sweat, that that's obviously you know that's that's. I don't. I don't want to call it that, That's hard. That's hard surgery. I mean, that that's a big one. Sure. And just like when we need a a doctor, a specialist to help us with that, we very well may need somebody who specializes in emotional healing. They may be more difficult, and might it might be more difficult for us to overcome. It's it's not it's not always impossible, and it might take longer. But that's one. That's that's the difficulty in really. Saying, I mean, I I can give you a few steps, but I would have to use an example which would which would wrap around a particular sure. level of healing. Go for it. You know, um, one of the one of one of the stories that I tell about in my book happened to me when I was thirteen years old, and this 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 gentleman who was the he was the headmaster of the school, he was the head of the church, everything. I literally looked at this man as if every word he spoke from God's mouth to his lips so that he was speaking from God. Okay. And when when you're at that point, when you think this some and and this guy tells you something, then it's God telling you, right? Well I had done something. I'm not going to go into the details of what I did, but he we we were it was I was at a football camp and every day we had we had a little devotional period. And we were at the devotional period he was like what were you trying to do? Burn down the forest, and, you know I wasn't. I, I was. I was. I would. I'm gonna have to tell the story, but I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I see a bong. I
0: see a bong. It's, I see a, a. No, I'm just kidding. No, no.
1: It it was. It was the end of football practice in the morning. We were in the. We were all showering up, and and it was in the woods up in in Wrightwood, California, up in the woods. So, I don't know why I was singing the song "Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Me a Match." And this guy whips out a little Ohio blue tip strike anywhere match and he hands it to me, right? Again, we're in the shower and the floor is wet. I, I I rub the match head on the floor thinking it doesn't work. I strike it, it strikes. I walk over to the faucet, douse it out, throw it in the trash. Think nothing of, of it. The next day, somebody must have told him, what were you trying to do, burn down the forest? Now, I couldn't have done anything different, right? But here's God telling me I'm a horrible, terrible person and I'm feeling Shame I'm feeling confusion because I don't know what I could have done and I couldn't stand up and say But wait a minute because that'd be like saying God you're wrong Mm Yeah, you know know? and and after that incident things changed. I wasn't not me so much But I was perceived as a different person. I was before then president of the class captain of the the teams After that i was still good in sports, but never captain never involved never involved in anything and that really shot my, my confidence I was telling the story to my, to my therapist, and as you can see, I get a little bit animated, and um, and he was like, he's pointing out the anger. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no, the anger, the anger is good, and the anger is good as long as I don't stay there. But I let, let me get to the healing point. What happened? What where the healing came was I didn't forgive him, because I mean, he's he's been dead forty years. If if he was alive now, he probably would say I didn't do anything wrong, so it doesn't matter. I forgave that 13 year old John for ever believing. Those things that I was told, yes, that's where the healing starts. Started for me, mm. you know. And and one of the things that I tell people, if you're ever abused, and and some therapist or somebody tells you the first thing you have to do is forgive your abuser, let me at them because let me, I'll, I'll, I'll they're gonna have to forgive me for punching them in the face then, because Ooh. that is that is the most damaging thing you can tell anybody. I'm saying the first thing. I'm not saying that you that you can't eventually forgive that's a personal choice you know and I would walk somebody through that in 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 a very careful strategic way because you again you can't just you can't force somebody to do that first I mean think of think of somebody with I don't even want to talk about horrible horrible sexual abuse for years now you got to forgive that person before you can move on I'm down sorry the road,
0: maybe down the road maybe <clears throat> forgive, you, yeah, forgive yourself right. who you were at that time and what you didn't know. I mean, yeah. there's all different ways to go off that, but you're absolutely right. Keep it in the positive.
1: Yeah. And and most of the times in those situations, what do people say? What do I do to deserve it? Why is God punishing me? Why are these things? And they think they did something wrong to deserve it. And that sticks with them for years. You know, and that that again, that's a deep wound. That just you don't just put a band-aid on it and it's gone overnight. That's, that's why it's difficult to say, depending on the, on the intensity of your wound. But for me, self-forgiveness is a huge part of our personal healing
0: and our, uh, our emotional healing
1: and our personal growth.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that, John. That's powerful. That's powerful. When I think about, when I think about shame or guilt, and I want to actually do this before I share this, because I'm still not sure about it. In your opinion, what is the difference between shame and guilt?
1: Okay, I am going to give you the definition, and then I'm going to give you a quick story so that so you'll explain it. Shame again, or is in all the negative things that we've come to believe about who we were and are, and those are that's that's the negative feeling that we get. Guilt is the feeling we get when we've done when we've made a bad choice or done some, or, or 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 a bad decision. You know, let's say during the course of our of our talking here, I get really upset with you, and I and I yell and I say really bad harsh things. Well, It really wouldn't really matter to you if you your back. Right. But but let's say it made you feel really bad when I'm done. I'm like, wow, John, that was that wasn't very smart. You see how bad Christopher feels. You see how bad you feel. And, and guilt sometimes can be uh, can be a, a, a moral compass to help us change our future behaviors mm-hmm. where shame would say, you know why you yelled at Christopher, John? Cause you're stupid. You're an idiot. You can't help it. You, you don't think things you're just dumb. And so shame puts the onus back on us where guilt is more of, we, we made a bad choice. We made, we, we made a bad decision. Let's fix that in the future.
0: Hmm. Okay. It. So now, so now, now, now I'm glad you said that because now I'll share what I share. When I was, when I, when I was seeing my therapist years ago, um, one of the biggest questions that she asked me that really got me to think about things was because she was, she kept, she goes, who's Chris, who's Chris. And I'm like, I'm Chris. She goes, no, I feel like I got coach Chris and all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm just being who I am. So if you have something, some way to get past it, I'd love to meet the other Chris, because this is all I know. And I was being dead serious with her. And she was kind of mad at me and she thought I was playing her. And then she said, when did you stop being a kid? And so I had to think about it. And I was thinking about, well, I was a seventh grade, almost dropout. Um, so when I stopped being a kid, let's see, uh, Latchkey started, uh, let's see, first grade, it was seven, eight, well, start being a kid. I think I stopped being a kid, kid, like around nine or 10. And so we talked about that. And through the process of that journey, when her asking me that question, I started analyzing things around that and things that I found, which was interesting, is that I, I thought I would feel guilty based on your, your, your definition. I don't, but I would feel guilty if I was not being productive versus relaxing. So I'll give you an example, like Saturday afternoon at two o'clock um, I'm sitting here in my office. I have two playstations, I have guitars, but I would, I would, you would rarely catch me going, Oh, I'm just going to play a video game right now. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. My brain says, no, Chris, you have so much stuff you need to do. You need to go do that. Then you get to relax. But then half the time I wouldn't go relax. So I would feel guilty if I didn't do what I needed to do. So is that a, is that a form of shame? Because I'm still, because I was that people pleaser, because I was that person that was always struck. My previous identity was just like you were saying, I will do whatever I need to do to please everybody. I'll be who I need to be um, in order to make you guys all happy so that I can have the the inclusion into your your group, if you will. So talk to us about that. Cause I've always been fascinated as to why I thought, I thought that. And still to this day, when I think about it, I'm like, Jesus Chris, you still think about why you can't just sit down and read a book at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday.
1: Good question. Truly, the answer lies within you. What I tell people is I'm a guide. I try to help take them to that area where they make that decision. And it could be a little bit of both. The thing to remember is. That shame is going to tell you, you know what, Chris? You can't, you can't change that guy. You're never going to be that guy who can take, who can play a video game in the middle of the day. Where guilt is, man, I let it in again. What am I going to do to change that behavior? I don't think I have to ask the No Excuses Coach <laughs> what to do to change that behavior.
0: You just fucking so, do it.
1: Well, yeah, and and my thing would be, you know what? Put it in your damn schedule. Two o'clock play a game (laughs) you know yeah that's that's what i would guess that you would that you would how you would coach your client but to to make that now will you feel a little guilty or a little shame while you're doing it you might what's the remedy to that do more of it no you forgive yourself (laughs) well you can't just forgive yourself oh yeah and and you you you
0: I tell what am I forgiving you, myself for if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm doing it to fill my bucket. What do I would forgive myself for? You
1: Forgive yourself for having the feelings of not relaxing and enjoying. I'm supposed to be relaxing and enjoying, but I want to get over so I get back to work. So now you forgive yourself for being this. Okay, I did it, but I didn't feel like I really did it. Then forgive yourself or be okay with it because what what, what what I tell people is. We we need to be with we okay with things. And if we're not okay with it, let's be okay that we're not okay with it. Because because when we focus on that, man, you know what, Chris, you still got that that brings focus and attention to the issue. And it's like we can't get it out of our head. I gotta you, you know, uh there's 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 a story that happened to me, and I it, it's again it's a long story. I'm gonna try to I try to make it short. But there was this particular person that I was thinking about, you know, that kind of that 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 uh, during while while I was married, that sort of interrupted things. And one day my ex said to me, you know what, you can't get her out out of your head. So I'm like, yeah, I can. So two hours goes by. Hey, I didn't think about it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I thought about her because I thought that I didn't think about her, Right. (laughs) And and this vicious cycle happened. I am not kidding you. Six months. I'm like, I wanted to cut my head off because I couldn't. I couldn't not think about her because I couldn't think about not think about her because then I thought about her, right?
0: Don't think one about purple elephants.
1: Just, so one day I just said, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm done. I don't care. If she comes up, ah, so what? I'm going to dismiss it. Two or three days later, it was, it was gone. It was that fast. And I realized that the reason it was still there, the reason I was so intense and mind fuck over it because I was giving it all this attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like like with, with your thing, I would say, say, you know what? Just do it. And if you're still nervous, then be okay that you're nervous. And say, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care if I'm nervous, but I'm going to do it anyways because that's that's my goal. Eventually, you tell yourself, and it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. What, whatever, you know, whatever kid you want to be. Hey, I want to play my guitar, whatever it is. You, you might you know, again, I'm never going to suggest that you do something that's going to hurt a client or something else that obviously you, you know that, but it is being in touch with our inner child is important. And believe me, I, that took me a long time to see that too. You know, I, I hear people all the time saying, you know, children, they just look at things certain ways and you, and it's so off the cuff. It's so often raw and unscripted (laughs) and, and it's, it's just amazing sometimes what wisdom is there. Why don't we have that wisdom? Oh, because we have to be adults. We got to be men. We got to be hard. No showing emotion, you know. Are all those, all those false things that we that we've come to believe that we're supposed to be and that's our identity
0: me. again back to our identity. Who am brilliant. I? You know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what you just said was brilliant. I think about um, you know the opportunity for us to you know to just get real with ourselves. You know, you were talking about essentially you were talking about before the pain versus pleasure, you know, principle, you know, the guy walks by and the dog is on the front porch and he's moaning. Why is your dog moaning? Oh, he's sitting on a nail. Why is he sitting on a nail? Cause it's not painful enough for him to get up and move. You know, we do that. We sit there and we play that comfortably miserable game. I was telling somebody the other day and I was telling them very viscerally. I'm like, I'm so fucking sick of people saying they don't know how they don't know when all you have to do is go to Google and YouTube and type it in and then do what the fuck it says over and over again until you realize the result. That's it there. I'm your coach. Talk to us about that. Why are so many people stuck in that victim mindset when literally the answers are right here. I mean, the answers are on our, we have the answers everywhere. Why are people avoiding the truth, John? Why? And how can we get them to start realizing the truth? Because the sooner they realize the truth, the sooner they come to clarity about their mission, their vision, their why here and more, on earth, then they can open themselves up like you and I have, and be able to have amazing conversations with people, be able to live in our true brilliance, not be encumbered by all this baggage that we carry around from our fucking childhood. How can we help people break through that now? Like, what would you say to people to say, listen, the answers are within, you have the ability, you have the strength, you have the tenacity, you have the, whatever it is that you think you're missing, you have it right now. How can we get that message across to them? Well,
1: I would say, in most cases, maybe not all. <clears throat> there's a one-word answer for why that happens, and that's, shame. and that's shame. Because when we when we believe these false things about us, they become true, and we can't change. Google's not going to change that. Google, you can't Google how do I change the sun? You know, from from r- r- rising in the east. I mean, you can Google it, but
0: you're not going to find but that's, that's I mean, that's, that's science. I mean, that, that happens. That happens. How we choose to think about ourselves. Isn't that concrete? Is it? Well, for, for, you know, again, the
1: shame, I want to back up a little bit. Shame creates a full 180 degree spectrum of emotions, everything from complete unworthiness to total arrogance. So when you're, when you're on the complete um unworthiness, yeah, you get that, you get that feeling of of ominous, you know, this foreboding, this this pathos that you just aren't gonna ever be able to come out from under it. You know, and what leads what what happens after that a lot of times, you know, cutting people's self suicide is all kinds of negative things. And that's why, you know, I I, I can't say that for, for everybody, but if we're stuck in this place, see, shame is really complex. And I can't, there's no way I'm going to be able to cover it in one podcast, right? Um, that's why, that, you know, I, I cover it in my book and in the, in the, in the many steps, because a lot of times I think about shame as it, as like, you know, the commercials where you got a devil on this shoulder and an angel here, and the angel's still you to do good, and the devil's Hell saying, yeah. you know, do this. Well, shame is like the devil here, and there's no angel. It's constantly at you. And in some ways, it doesn't seem like you. It seems like it's an entity, but it is really you. It's all these negative things that you've thought that that nearly becomes this sort of separate entity, but it's still you. And and you get you get caught in this in this false idea of who you are,
0: mm-hmm. and, and these false things. And I mean and it, it's how do we break right. out of that? How do we break out of that false idea? We, we keep coming back to identity. How do how do we give tangible things like journaling or asking ourselves a question? What can we give to the people to help them break out of that identity? How I mean, the first thing I think about, John, is honestly, it's awareness. If you realize that you're not happy, then and you say to yourself, am I happy? Yes or no? No. Okay. There has to be an awareness factor to say, listen, okay, why am I not happy? Do I need to see a therapist? Do I need to see a coach? Do I need to Google online? Do I need to read a book? Do I need to watch a podcast? Do I need to do something? It seems that once there's an awareness, there has to be an action and that not taking an action is an awareness that they're running from it. Because like you're saying with shame, what can we say to people to be able to break out of that? How did you break out of that? What exercises did your therapist have you do when you had that realization? Like, oh my God, I've been buried under all this stuff. How can we give some people uh, some tangible stuff that they can actually take action on?
1: Well, I think your awareness is is right on because if we're not aware of the problem, like I also say, you, you could walk into a to a college math class and there's this math problem on the board, right? You know it's a problem, but you got no idea how to solve it. And it's the same thing with us. We, if we know there's a problem, you know, we, now we gotta, you know, we were aware of it, now we need to take steps to solve it. Oftentimes it's gonna take a coach, a therapist, psychologist, somebody who who can, who's is trained in the right way to help you heal. And, you know, for, for people, who, who don't? Because not everybody needs to. You know, I mean, I have I have three hundred three hundred blogs, you know, three hundred articles on my on my blog site that, that talk about personal development, a, whole, a lot of different subjects, And and again, to answer that, you you really need to know. Okay, where is the situation? What what you know is it that because even with shame, there's a lot of situations you can you can shame could be on the arrogant side, and you and when you're there, you never see it because of of the issues of you feel you you think it's confidence but when you're not you're you're really trying to hide how poorly you feel about yourself so it's really it's really difficult for me at at from that question to give to give really solid answers i mean journaling would help again but what do you journal about why am i feeling sad why am i feeling this way you know um i i would suggest that you find a coach or a counselor, number one that you that you're comfortable with, but don't re, don't always remember that, that if they don't make you
0: uncomfortable, <laughs> then they, they probably aren't hitting the issue right. Uh-huh. they're not they're so, not doing their job if they're not making you squirm. Yeah, yeah. Again,
1: it's 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 for me. Again, it's really difficult to to give action steps at that point because everybody's case is different. And you know, if somebody said, "Hey, John, this is my situation. What would you recommend?" I could I could give them a little bit better answer than, than something quite as broad as you ask. I'm sorry to, to answer it that way, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult not knowing what direction I'm going to be. I'm going to be headed to help the person.
0: Yeah, no worries. No worries. And in a few minutes, we're going to give them your contact information so they can actually work with you and get some feedback with you on that. Um, you mentioned it a few times. I want to talk about your book. What, uh, what is your book about? And talk to me about what you learned most about yourself in writing that book. Well, the book is called "Shame on Me:
1: Healing a Life of Shame-Based Thinking," and um, I just I just completed the second edition, which is which is an ebook. And what what I, the 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 book really helped really helped solidify some of these these awareness things, these issues that I, that I went through. Um, it one of the other things that it did it actually changed my life to want to become the shame doctor to help people because again, I loved writing the book. It was great. But when I got through, that's what that's where it was. And I think one of the most important things that the book states is that no matter how deep your damage is, you can always heal. You know, as I said previously, you know, again, comparing it to the physical damage, we get small cuts, they heal. Sometimes your your damage could be an amputation it could be a loss of something it may never come back you may have burned all over your body but you've seen stories of people who have lost a limb or or two or have been burned and they've come back and thrived you know not that they don't want their original body back but they're never going to get it back but they still healed they still thrived. so it's possible it's not easy don't get me wrong you know major heart surgery takes a team of specialists takes a team of therapists a physical therapist takes a lot of people so these you know if you' if your wounds are deep it's going to take it's going to take time uh, um, and and you know a lot of work a lot of effort but it can be done I think that's probably one of the most important things that that I want people not only to take away from my book but away from what we're saying today.
0: Mm, beautiful, brother. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to step back in time a little bit now. So you were talking about you had these epiphanies at 50. I think you said 53. So for those 50, 53 years of your life, you've had a lot of relationships, uh, both with your family, friends, loved ones, Why not you know significant others. Have you gone back and revisited those people as the new John? I, I mean, do you still interface with these people? And do they see the difference? Talk to us about that dynamic of kind of going back in time, but you're not that person anymore. Um, it's funny because a lot of the people that, you know, even
1: including some of my family were part of that organization and a lot of my realizations and my, the awareness things and things that I've come really, you know, that are the cornerstone of my belief sort of rubbed them the wrong way. Uh so, uh, I, I- I'm proud of you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah but there 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 were some people you know in 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 um that I dealt with in, in in business that that have known me before and after and some people admire me for you know for for this for these things that that I'm doing now it um you know a, a lot of the a lot of the awareness is, has 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 come through me and just even seeing my growth i've i've been with um my fiance now for for seven years, and it's it's amazing to, to watch the growth on both our behalfs, you know. And that's something that that I that everybody should celebrate because we we you know we think growth is this hundred and uh, you know hundred and eighty degree turn, and all of a sudden we're going this direction and we're going that direction, and Ooh. and it's not, you know. Sure. We 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 do we do some growth, and then maybe we do a little stumbling, and oh, I guess none of that growth was real. No, it was real. Remember. Emotional healing has to do with our emotions. It has to do with our beliefs in ourselves. So the best way for us to destroy that healing is to not believe it ever happened. That's, that's, that's the key. We have to, you know, and we have to celebrate that. We have to look at those things. We have to look at that guy in the mirror and say, I love you. I respect you no matter how hard it is. We keep doing that. It's going to get easier, but you got to do it only because, you know, you got to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it because, you know, you got to do it.
1: That, All right. I'm that, going to pause it. because
0: we, normally normally, I'm taking comments over here and stuff like that. But I've been so enthralled in the conversation. I haven't been over paying attention to people. We got, uh, again, once uh, for everybody, uh, we got Nicole is here. She says, two wonderful souls, so different on the surface um yes we got a bunch of people nicole also said here total sweetheart i think she was referring to you we got tom again <laughs> in the house tom what's up brother good to see you he says uh hello chris and john tiffany was saying something you were saying was fire i already put that on the screen but you're fire too tiffany we appreciate you Cheers. i appreciate you you're you're a massive you're a massively cool woman and a great mom uh tom says here, a friend of mine dr uh john Con, I think it is. I'm. I gotta put my glasses on. I uh, said to me, children become what they see, not what they say. They are taking the parents or caregiver. Do, yeah, they're yeah. It's. I mean, absolutely. They're they're setting the example. It's so true. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. Robert says in the house. He goes, what's up, <clears throat> Christopher and John? That's my father's name. Appreciate you guys all for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. We love you guys for being here and comment. If you're on the replay, comment. And uh, if you have any questions, John and I can get back to you on that. But if you guys have any questions, put them in the chat right now. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up the show here in just a minute. Uh, I think Robert had a question her earlier. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Robert says here, I'm grateful that uh, that I underrated, that I am me. This is uh, on my own, can take most of my time. Yeah, that is on my own. It's take most of my time. I have to get my glasses on. Um, we got Monique in the house. What's up? What's up? Oh, this is what I said. Robert was saying you, you using it as a mirror. Yeah. I mean, we're all mirrors of one another. We're all mirrors of one another. It's, I mean, um, that's what I tell people to do is to go to the mirror and have a conversation with themselves. That's one of the things I say, go there and look at yourself in, in the, in the mirror and, and let yourself know what you're made of. Go have that conversation. Go look in your own eyes. I did an experiment one time. That I now do with my coaching clients is I, um, uh, it was my own experiment at first. I was all drunk after a party and I'd been showing people pictures when I was a kid, when I had long hair and all this other stuff. And so I ripped everybody left. I went on the patio and I had a cigarette. I'm looking at the pictures and I picked this picture up of myself. And this is where I had the realization uh, about the forgiveness factor of forgiving that little boy and kind of telling that little boy where he was going to be going in life. And so I'm here smoking a cigarette, half half fuckered up on booze and whatnot. And I'm looking at this picture and I had zero clue of what was going to happen next. But I sat there and I looked at the picture and I was just like, Oh man, I was cute and look at my hair and whatever I was doing that day. And all of a sudden I locked into my eyes or I locked into his eyes. That's the way I looked at. I was like, and I just sat there and I looked at that little boy's eyes. And I say that little boy, because obviously that's me, but that that's a different version of me. And I just sat there and this was back in 2004 four or something like that. I can't remember what it was a long time ago. And I just remember like, dude, and I just started talking to myself in this picture. And I went on this whole journey, dude, you're going to go through so much stuff, dude, you're going to be bullied. You're going to be picked on. You're going to become homeless. You're going to try to kill yourself and you're going to suck at it. Thank you very much. Good job. Um, you're going to do this and you're going to do this and then you're going to get a master's degree and you're going to go back to the school you dropped out of. And I had this long conversation about all the stuff that I had been through. And at that point, I said, dude, whatever you go through, it's not your fault. You're going to learn and grow from it. And what you're going to do is you're going to teach other people to get through to get through that and grow through that. It's not going to be easy. Like you were saying before, John, it's not going to be easy. And I remember telling that little dude, I was like, dude, it's going to suck. You're going to cry. You're going to f- be scared. You're going to feel alone. You're going to, you're going to have so many different emotions, but you're just going to keep going and you're going to keep getting through and you're going to keep getting stronger um, because that's who you are. That's who you are. And I just had that conversation. And from that point forward, I just, I looked at the things that happened in my childhood and I just realized it, you know, because I thought it was part of my fault, but it wasn't my fault. And necessarily, once I forgave myself, I was able to start healing and start enabled and at that point, forgive people that like my mom, I was finally able to forgive her because I processed through and I'm like, you know, she did the best she could with what she had. She had a fucked up childhood with a, with a mother that was psychotic. Um, so I gave her leniency and that helped my relationships. It helped my ability to, to receive love. It totally, totally opened my eyes up. So, uh, yeah, man, this has been a great conversation. Um, final thoughts on the subject what would you really like the listeners to walk away um you made that mention before but in thinking about everything we've talked about what can they walk away with and in forms of, of thinking about things differently and taking some actions on their own
1: well again the the whole shame is like what i often say is it's one of the biggest issues many of us will ever face yet it's it is hidden in the shadows a lot of times. We don't even understand. We don't. We don't realize that the shame we experienced as a child causes us these issues as adults. And and again, those those things aren't always easy to see without somebody guiding you to help get you there. Chris, I you you, you know, being a if you were probably a coach at the time, but being a coach helped you get there to to understand. Look looking at that kid. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, had I never met my therapist would I be where I was I don't know now believe me I you know I put in a lot of work but you know you you can't you can't you, you can't hammer in a nail with your thumb you got somebody's got to give you a tool you know and just yep. because I give you the best hammer in the world doesn't make you a good carpenter you know there's 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 a lot of work to it and the best thing that you can do is say you know what I got to stop blaming somebody else. I got to stop saying that I'm I'm I am i am i am a drunk because I was I had bad parents. I'm I'm a failure because I've had a bad teacher. We got to look to ourselves. Now again, you you it's you you're you can't have shame. You can have guilt. Say, you know what? I messed that up. I am going to change it. Don't feel bad. Don't say Oh my it's so bad I can never fix it because that, that that's again shame but take the responsibility that was one thing that I found out that shame was well you know that must be God's reason why I'm not doing it right I was pushing my responsibility on other people
0: saying the blame
1: yeah when, when when say to yourself okay I got it I I got to take the responsibility I got to do something about it what that next step is you know again you may need to use a coach. You may need a therapist, but decide to yourself that you're going to do what it needs to be done to
0: make that change. Oh, make that change! You guys got to decide it. You guys got choices. <clears throat> john, where can people get a hold of you?
1: Well, again, my my website is um, like you have on the screen www.shamedoctor.com, and you can always email me at john@shamedoctor.com. At um, those are the best two ways to get a hold of me. My uh, on Instagram also. My my book is available from my website. There's a buy the book button. Uh, it's a, it's an ebook that you'll download. Um, you're always welcome to to email me any questions you have about the book because I'm I believe me, I, shame is a sub- subject that I never get tired of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I mean, we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about more emotions and talk about how they all interrelate to shame because. Um, dude, it's been a fantastic time talking with you, getting to know you better. I love and appreciate you. I love the fact that you came on the raw and unscripted show, unsure of the questions I was going to ask and just being on here and being vulnerable and sharing your story, uh, sharing your passion, sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. You got to reach out to them, connect with them. We all carry shame. We all carry that guilt. We all carry that. And who better to work with than somebody who has been through those trenches then mr john donia the shame doctor um john i'm going to place you backstage i'm going to close out the show thank you and don't go anywhere because then we're going to talk backstage but uh, i appreciate you you and uh for being on the show and you can hear me close out and uh guys go connect with them the shame doctor right there shame doctor.com for those of you guys listening on the podcast and instagram again at shame doctor one the number one on instagram go connect with them and of course uh email them as well so john i'll be right with you sir so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another show of the raw and scripted variety. The variety. Raw and Unscripted Variety. I got to be honest with you. Sometimes I get confused because I do the unfiltered experience on Friday nights. And there's sometimes where I called it the unfiltered raw experience or something like that. I call it the raw and unfiltered experience or something like that. Essentially both the same shows, but I have a co-host on the on the unfiltered experience on Friday. And we talk about more dynamic topics. We talk about uh, Zen and source energy and, and, and cushy stuff like that. Actually, in a couple of weeks, we got some, uh, some experts coming on talking about that stuff. But anyway, let's circle back here, Chris. Let's land this plane. Let's not even get into Friday. 5 p.m pacific standard time uh no here the Ron unscripted show sometimes i'm really weird do you ever realize that kind of tired um so seriously having john here on the show tonight has been fantastic because we've had that raw and unscripted conversation about how we can we can really honestly the first step is recognizing that we're not happy in the situations that we're in and we can ask ourselves the initial question do i love myself yes or no And that's a question I've asked a lot of people over the last 18 months in the complimentary coaching sessions that I provided is asking them that question and seeing them on a zoom going, yeah, I think so. You know, for the most part, you know. So if you have a challenge in answering that question, do I love myself? Yes or no, then that's a place to start because then it's, then it's like, okay, why start asking yourself the question? Why dig, peel back that onion, go decide that you want to go experience that pain, whatever it might be. Because when you go through that and you process that, guess what? You become stronger and you become more able and you become more confident on the other side of that situation. Go watch the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell. It's on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a free documentary. It's called, um, uh, finding Joe finding Joe, um, the hero's journey, Ray, if you're still watching, you can put that up there for me, buddy. You always do that. It's a great job. You could do the link. Uh, I just watched it a couple of days ago. I told my buddy to watch it because I told him, I said, he's like, I'm so tired of having to go through stuff. Chris, I've been through so many challenges and everything else. I'm tired of going through it. I'm like, well, you need to watch this because you know, essentially what it is is we leave home and then we go through a bunch of stuff and we learn a bunch of lessons and we come home and we teach other people how to do it. It happened in Star Wars. It happened in the Wizard of Oz. It happens in most movies when you think about, and that's why we watch it. We want to see that person go through that trial, that tribulation, that situation to come back and be stronger. We want to see him go through all the heartaches of trying to get the music career and then ultimately land on stage in front of 30,000 people. Why is it okay for us to want that for other people in the movies? But when we point the finger back at ourselves, we have a challenge. We have a challenge in doing that for ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen you got to start with awareness. You have to start with awareness. And after awareness, you have to take action. Okay. You can sit there and be aware and then be, be blind to that, but that's your own fucking fault. That is your own fault. If you're miserable, once you're aware that is your fault. I mean, you're no excuses coach. I love you, but it's serious. If you keep shooting yourself in the foot, stop pulling the trigger. I mean, think about it. I know I'm miserable, but I'm not doing anything about it. then you start playing the hope, wish and pray game. Oh, maybe it'll change. If you want something to change, you have to change. You have to change who it is that you're hanging out with. And if you have challenges in figuring out where to start, what to do, go see a therapist, go, go online and and chat up a doctor, go, go watch videos about how to process shame and guilt, go figure out who and where you need to get your solutions from. But by God, take responsibility. If there's one thing that John said tonight is the fact that we have to take responsibility. We can't blame. We can't. I couldn't, I couldn't blame my mom for all the situations that I was and I used to blame her because I, I was like distant from people. And I was, I was kind of mean. I'm like, no, that's her. That's not me. I'm choosing to do that. And that's when I turned my life around and started reading a bunch of books about leadership and, and emotional intelligence. I dug deep into that childhood psychology. I dug deep into that. I've read hun- thousands of personal development books, cassette tapes. I immersed myself in being the biggest geek and curious person about how I could fix myself so that I could help other people do the same for themselves. And I'm using the word fix. Please don't quote me on that. I wanted to heal myself through my journey and by the books and everything else and the coaching and the masterminds and the mentors and all the beautiful people I have in my life to this day is the reason why I'm still centered and, and successful. Who is your team? Who is your team? So many people don't even have a team. Who's a person that you trust? Who's a person that empowers you? Who's a person that holds you accountable? And who is your mentor? Who are the people that are on your team that you can call right now? Who can I say? Who's your mentor? Who's the person that holds you accountable? Who's the person that empowers you? You got to have people in your life. Oh, I can't afford it. Chris, da, 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 da. how big is your fucking TV? How many TVs do you have in your house? How many, how many different ways could you get resourceful to start making money to be able to do something? Again, you have to take responsibility. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything I can get a upon you is Jesus, take fucking responsibility for yourself. It's not anybody's fault. Nobody else is going to come for you. You have to do this. And guess what? When you start telling the universe, you start telling source, God, whatever it is that you want to believe in, you start saying, listen, I'm not going to do this anymore. The pain of staying the same and being complacent and being mediocre. I can't do that anymore. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go watch five YouTube videos a day and listen to a podcast and get an audio book. I'm willing to read a book. I'm willing to go on and read articles and grow myself and, and dig into this. Because when you start doing that, the answers will show up. And the healing will start to happen and those vicious cycles and those vicious beliefs that you believe that you are focusing on, start to shift and start to change. And you shift and change who you associate with. And you shift and change what you focus on. When you do that, you shift and change what your outcomes are. But if you have excuses like, oh, I don't feel like it. I don't know what to do. Oh, I... figure it out. Go Google it. Go Google it. Your life depends on it. You know Why? because you don't want to get to the end of your journey and regret all the choices and the decisions that you didn't make because you are afraid of somebody having a judgment for you. Come on, come on guys. Really? We're on a spinning blue marble in space. There used to be dinosaurs that walked where we live. Life goes by like that. Do you see me? I see you. Life goes by like that. I'm 52 years old. My son's going to be five years old at the end of November. Where'd the five years go? Guess what? In five years, I'll be 57. Guess what? In five years after that, I'll be uh, 62. I think I don't do math very well. Time goes by like that. Think about the last 10 years. The next 10 years are going to go by faster unless you start taking action and start getting interested in your own life, getting disinterested in the news and the politics and the other things that don't serve you that you cannot control. I'm so sick and tired of people sitting there. I'm so tired of this. And I'm so tired. Well, stop fucking looking at it. Stop bitching about it become a part of the solution. How about focusing on yourself instead of blaming and pontificating and, and summarizing and theorizing about what is going to happen next and all the conspiracy fear? How about just fucking living your life? How about just getting in love with yourself and love with your family and being in the moments and saying, Hey man, I get to play with my kid right now. That's what I'm going to go do right now. I'm gonna go get my kid a bath and I'm going to pause here for a second. Cause I do this wherever I go. I'm going to pause here for about five minutes after I get done talking to John I'm gonna say, okay, I'm going into dad mode. What is my intention? My intention is to be playful in dad mode. I'm not going to be interviewer mode. I'm going to be dad mode. So what do I got to do to get in dad mode? Ah, let's be in dad mode. Baby shark. Baby shark. So seriously, guys, I'm here for you. Hit me up on the coaching. If you, if you have not coached with me, if you have not had a complimentary coaching session, hit me up. I'll give it to you for free. complimentary. It's just you and I on a zoom, just talking about some big thing that you have in your life that I can help you with. It's your choice, whether to stay stuck. It's your choice whether to stay miserable and it's your choice whether or not you have regrets. I love you guys. I love you guys. I am going to, uh, I'll be checking out the, uh, the, um, comments here. Uh, we got, uh, let me just capture them real quick here. Uh, Robert, thank you so much, man, for being here. I appreciate you, brother. He says, thank you, Christopher and John angel is the house. She says, have a good, uh, evening, everybody peace angel. I think I'm going to be talking to, um, Alexis, uh Thursday. It's gonna be amazing. Oh guys, you gotta you guys gotta see Alexis on my show. That's gonna be fun. Ray says, Thank you guys. Appreciate you, Ray brother. I love you. Got Aaron Keith in the house. He goes, I like weird Chris. (laughs) You like weird Chris? Come on over to my house, son. I'll show you weird Chris uh and uh ray's putting this up ray you're such an awesome dude ray if you have not watched that go watch that and talk to me after you watch that that's a it's such a great fucking film it's like an hour and 12 minutes or something like that but explains and it shows why we go through things it's it's massive it's free just go do it guys i would love to have your comments on that uh what aaron says you are the star of your own show and that show would be fuck i gotta do this all right sorry there we go, guys. Old age. You are the star of your own show, and that show would be boring if the main character just went to work, came home, and watched Netflix every night. The world is vast and abundant. Let's explore. Yes, you got that, Aaron Keith. I appreciate you, man. He says, I appreciate Chris. And uh, Raditya, what's up? What's up? I, I think uh, we met on Clubhouse, too, if I'm not mistaken, because your name is very unique. But I love and appreciate you guys so, so much. We got a great show coming up next week. And again, like I said before, um, go check out the podcast. It's in the comments up here somewhere. Um, anyways, yeah, I think it's right there. Yep. Go check it out. I love you guys. See you next time on the Raw and scripted show. I'm Christopher Rausch. You're no excuses coach. And I am out of here. Peace out brothers and sisters.